This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail Cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm good, Josh. Thanks for asking. You just got back from seeing Black Black Panther, and I can tell you this. Marvel definitely planned the release of their biggest movie yet to the to the weekend in which there were no Premier League fixtures. And I have to applaud <laughs> their marketing department here very first smart. on the Always Cheating Podcast. Very smart. It was very smart, yeah. I don't uh, know if anyone would have seen Black Panther this weekend had there actually been Premier League fixtures. In the United States, they wouldn't have seen it between 10 a.m. and, and 2.30 p.m., Brandon. I'll, t- I'll tell you that much. I know. I actually, yeah, it was so hard to see in New York that I actually, like, everything was sold out. So I sat with my wife today at an 11.30 a.m. showing, uh, which uh, was actually fine. You know, like eleven thirty, it's fine. I, I like I like an early movie. Once the once the lights are down, you know, like you're just you're just into it. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, is that enough banter? Is that, uh, yeah, that's plenty. Quality. <laughs> so uh, we had a we did have a blank this week. I felt like I was a little checked out on on football the last few days. The FA Cup matches didn't really didn't really get me going. I know I know Spurs had an exciting one yesterday, but I just. I, I, part of it was like I just knew it was going to have all these like these FPL implications, and I was just like, "All right, let's just get these matches done with, you know? Like, let's yeah. just get them over with, so that we can focus on, you know, what actually matters, which is game week twenty eight <laughs> and game week thirty one." Um, it said the the yeah. one person who really deserves a break is our def, uh, injury guru Ben Dinnery. Um, but these are the most important time periods for Ben because we're only paying attention to the FA Cup for fear that our FPL assets might get injured or God forbid they play 90 minutes. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't hate the FA cup, but I don't really get excited about it until they get to Wembley for the, for the semifinals. You know, those are the, those are the ones that, that I feel like start to get pretty, pretty exciting. And you well, know, the, the other yeah. side of that argument is the more interesting matches are early on when you get the lower league or even non-league um, yeah. teams involved. It's true, but it always comes after the holiday fixtures, you know, where there's just, there's so much football, so I feel like the FA Cup, I'm just like, you know, I need a break, especially like, 
if you take FPLs intense as, as we do, and, and most people listening to this podcast do, it's like the FA Cup is just it's just like I, it's like one thing I can't handle. You know, I'm also a college basketball fan, so I'm just like it's a lot of sports this time of year for me. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of the FA Cup, we're recording while the Wigan Man City match is playing. I think they're right. in the 35th minute right now. Right. So as the goals unfold, Josh, so far there have been none. Uh, we'll we'll let you guys know. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and it doesn't matter anyway because uh, Brighton Brighton won their fixture. So yeah. um, that the Man City Brighton match is officially postponed. So we, you know, just as a refresher, you know, game week thirty one it's coming up in um, I guess about a month's time. Uh, we're going into game week twenty eight this weekend, um, and there are five confirmed matches that are not being played. Right, so Burnley Chelsea, Leicester Arsenal, Man City Brighton, Swansea Southampton, and West Ham uh, Man United all officially not playing. And assuming that Spurs beat Rochdale in their uh, in their replay, which is at Wembley, so I think we can be uh, pretty confident they'll win that match. Um, yep. Spurs Newcastle won't be played either. So we're only looking at four matches for game week thirty one. Yeah, uh, it's and it's pretty gnarly because the the key teams that are playing are some of the worst in the league, like Huddersfield, West Brom, right? Stoke, uh, Liverpool. We're going to talk a lot about how to how to still plan moving forward for game week 31 later in the podcast. But this is just going to be ever present in our minds as we talk for the next hour. Exactly. So we wanted to just get it out out of the way right at the front. So just as a heads up, the four matches that are being played uh, are Huddersfield, Crystal Palace, Bournemouth, West Brom, Liverpool, Watford and Stoke, Everton. So um, I don't know, like one of those is a good match. So uh, sure, Liverpool at home to Anfield hosting Watford. Um, Stoke, Everton could be kind of fun, too. Sure, I mean that will be that will be a fun match. Uh, I'm just talking about FPL implications. We're yeah. we're all going to be troubled up on Liverpool heading yep. into game week 31. Totally, exactly. You kind you kind of have to be, and and honestly, um, you you kind of want to be anyway because um, Liverpool's fixtures in the lead up to game week 31 are, are quite good as well. Uh, they play um, West Ham uh, in game week 28, Newcastle in game week 29. Those are both at home. Uh, they do play away to Man United in game week 30. Uh, but then they're home to Watford in game week 31. And then even after that, they play Crystal Palace in, in 32. So there's really no reason not to not to recommend, even if there wasn't this blank coming up in game week 31 and they're one of the few teams of the match, you'd want to recommend Liverpool players anyway. So um, I think the earlier, the better with those guys. Um, you know, I think you can just go ahead and, and start bringing them in. Just go ahead. Go ahead and do it. <laughs> just go ahead and All do right. it. All right. So we have a whole huge, massive Game Week 31 lightning round uh, section coming up filled with listener questions. Before we do that, though, we, we have to talk about Game Week 20, 28. Right. Because that's our, our next priority. Yeah. Do we have any announcements, Joshua, before we get to our Game Week 28 preview? Yes. Uh, just a quick announcement. Our Ask Us Anything, that's a Patreon-exclusive podcast, uh, is coming up uh, this week. And um, we have uh, thank you everybody for the questions. So we are um, that should be out um, probably tomorrow night. I think people will will be able to listen to that uh, possibly Wednesday. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's if you, if you still want to become a Patreon supporter, uh, just go to patreon.com slash always cheating and um, and join. So um, and thank you to everyone who's Patreon support already. I'm very much looking forward to exposing my soul. To all our Patreon subscribers. We have some really solid questions. I am, I am genuinely pretty excited about this podcast. 
Yeah, uh, if you want to know, if you want to know how many moles I have, you're going to want to sign up on our Patreon page. Exactly. And uh, Tapias token in, uh, who was a new pledger this week. Thank you, Tapias, for uh, for supporting the podcast. All right. So uh, going back to game week 28, Josh, I think what we want to do here before we get to some questions uh, featuring game week 28 fixtures, right. we're just going to go day by day, uh, Saturday, Sunday, and then the marquee Arsenal City fixture uh, on Thursday into March already. I cannot believe this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm sick of winter. So that's fantastic. I can't. I'm so <laughs> excited for March. Uh, yeah. So Saturday we've got uh, we've got seven, seven fixtures. Uh, I, I don't think we need to go through all of these, uh, but just just as a quick, you know, kind of heads up. We've got Lester Stoke is the early match. Um, a bunch of pretty mediocre uh, mid-afternoon matches, wouldn't you say? I mean, Bournemouth, Newcastle, Brighton, Swansea, Burnley, yeah. Southampton. I guess Liverpool, West Ham is an exciting fixture for for you know, fantasy purposes. Um, and yeah, West I- Brom, Huddersfield. Ugh. Well, I, there are some six-pointers, I'll grant you that. West Brom, Huddersfield could be interesting just by that fact. Burnley, Southampton is, seems to be the big stinker here because both these— well, Southampton is still still manages to stay in relegation trouble. Hot water, though. I, I just can't see a world in which they get relegated. Can you? I still can't. Uh, they, and they have been playing bad. James Ward-Prowse is going to single-handedly keep them up, Brandon. So <laughs> I, I have a lot of faith in Prousey. So uh, we had a few questions about Leicester, actually, that that stem from all the strategizing for the blanks in Game Week 31. M. Bison asks, what is the opportunity cost of avoiding great players with great fixtures like Mahrez because they blank in 31? Uh, uh, some people like Joseph Allegretti also name-check Christian Eriksen here as an up-and-coming. Uh, he plays uh, Crystal Palace away on Sunday. So where do you stand now, Josh, on um, bringing in players into game week 28 or even 29 who are blanking. We, we've talked about this a little bit last night. Right. We were out having a drink and talking about how many players we wanted to field in the blank in 31. Like, do we want right. to max? Are we looking at eight or nine players? And then how many transfers do we have between now and then? So you've got four free transfers. My question is, do you want to do you want to waste one of those four on a guy like Mares who's blanking? Yeah, uh, I guess it depends on how many players you have, right? It also depends on whether... I mean, I don't think we should dismiss the idea of the free hit chip for Game Week 31. Um, the reason I am not as excited about the free hit chip is I don't know that you can get enough points out of the matches that are being played to justify the free hit chip, right? Like, even if you loaded up on Huddersfield players, right, or Crystal Palace players, or... I don't even, you know, like there's just not enough players who are, who have like explosive fixtures in Game Week 31 that would justify, you know, wasting this this precious chip, you know, like this yeah. this chip that in theory could be used in a double game week or it could be used in Game Week 35 where there there, there are better teams that have matches. Um, I mean, just loading up for one week on on um, I mean, actually, so okay, so by by extension, the same, the you know, you could argue that. It's not worth having more than maybe eight players total for game week 31, right? And so if you already have five players who you expect to play in game week 31, you know, five players who don't have blanks, maybe um, three of your next four, four transfers should be used on bringing in new players, and then you can burn one on someone like Mares. I mean, what's tricky is there are a few players that are kind of undroppable, I think, right, who are just mm-hmm. not going to get transferred out. 
So I think those players are uh, for most of us. It's Salah, Kane, and um, and Sterling. Sterling, right? Yeah. Um, yep. I guess De Gea too, right? I mean, for if most you people. have De Gea, yeah, I think. I mean, there are some question marks around Manchester United yeah. right now, but come come the double game weeks, you're going to love having David De Gea in goal for right. you because that you could certainly probably ar- yeah, I think you could argue for dropping De Gea. Um, sure. You know, um, who would you drop him for? I guess I'm looking at the fixtures for 31. Maybe, maybe Lossell, the Huddersfield uh, keeper. Um, I would go curious in this. I think uh, we'll, yeah. and we'll get to some Liverpool questions later on, but I think a lot of people are talking about not trip. If you're not tripling up on Liverpool attack, there's room for a Liverpool defender. And is, is it curious or is it Virgil van Dijk? Right. Um, I mean, m- and maybe Robertson. So I like curious maybe as a replacement for De Gea. Yeah. Um, th- I think that's fair. Or maybe if you're, if you're looking at, if you have enough money to do um, a second keeper, um, maybe L- Lossel, I think makes some sense because, his fixtures in the lead-up and afterwards are pretty good, too. Um, so they play Swansea, Palace, Newcastle, Brighton, and Watford from game weeks 30 to 34. So um, definitely some decent opportunities there. And, we, you know, even he's, I think he saved a couple penalties already this season, too. And you know he's going to pick up some save points. So yeah. um, not, a bad, not a bad option there. All right, so back to game week 20, 28, early <laughs> right. kickoff. It's Leicester. Right. Mares specifically. He is just coming back from this whole transfer window saga. He played 28 uh, minutes in game week 27. Right. I, I'm cautious with Mares. He was in great form until all this um, stuff happened when, with Manchester City. Yeah. But I, I, I'm not going to bring, and maybe this is too cautious, but I wouldn't even think of bringing Mares in until I see him in the starting 11 and put in a good shift, at least one good shift for Leicester. Neither would I. Uh, I wouldn't consider it at all. Um, I I mean, he, you know, it's he didn't play for a couple of weeks. Um, I'm sure his teammates are mad at him. He missed out on a couple of fixtures. It might cost them a chance for a, you know, uh, Europa League spot next year. Um, yeah, I, I I have no interest in Mars. I mean, Vardy is, is definitely of interest. And... Um, you know, I guess yeah, he scored four and four, four goals in the last four fixtures. Yeah, Not and bad. and he scored in the FA Cup too. Um, I think four and five, five yeah, and five. Yeah. And so, and they play Stoke, Bournemouth, uh, West Brom. Their fixtures actually after game week thirty one are, are quite good as well. But let's say you already had five, four or five players um, that you're planning to play. Um, let's say like you can you could you could easily field eight players for game week thirty one, or you're going to play the free hit chip. Um, I think that, you know, Vardy is, is a great pickup option there. Um, or you could just bring him in for three weeks and then transfer him to Firmino before game week 31, which I think would also work. Yeah. Interesting. So we're, we're, we're pro Vardy on this podcast. Very much. I love Vardy. Do you not, are you not a Vardy fan? Are you? <laughs> he, it's complicated with Vardy. Mm-hmm, I sure. mean, we, we've had some great times. Mm-hmm, we've yep. had some great times, me and Jamie Vardy, but, uh, on the whole, would I want to hang out with Jamie Vardy? Probably not. <laughs> okay. Uh, speaking of strikers, the uh, one of the one of the uh, mid afternoon kickoffs, Bournemouth Newcastle. A lot of people, such as yourself, Joshua, hanging on to Callum Wilson. Will he redeem himself here? Also, side note, Callum Wilson's value just skyrocketed right. uh, w- when Bournemouth locked in their fixture for thirty one. Exactly. Yeah, I think he's. Uh, uh, you know, I think for a lot of us, it'll be Firmino. Uh, Firmino, Wilson, and then uh, and then um, 
Kane on the bench. Kane on the bench. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I mean, like, it does feel like Game Game Week 31 is just casting this huge shadow over all of our thinking (laughs) right now. Like, possibly too much. Um, Yeah. You know, it's... Because you, you, I think there is a real danger in loading up. Uh, you know, Ken Rooney had a question for us on Twitter about, you know, loading up too much on on these players who uh, then you're just kind of stuck with, you know. And so for someone like me who has already played my wild card, I am, I am particularly wary of this, right? I do not want to have a team that's loaded up on Huddersfield players and Stoke players uh, because I, I just don't have the chance to, like, easily unload them afterwards, you know, um, heading into all the double game weeks. So, um yeah, it, it, I think it's I think it's really tricky, and um, I think if you actually played an early wild card, there is an argument for just playing the free hit chip in game week thirty one, uh, and then your strategy can just be built around, you know, looking at people like Obama Yang and um, and even some of the luster players, right, and just not worry about you know sort of getting players you don't want as much in order to you know have them for this this upcoming blank or, the, or this this game week that has a lot of blanks in it. Okay, what is your prediction for Brighton Swansea? And the reason I ask is because this is an interesting fixture for defensive assets in that we're all I feel like a lot of managers are in the process of transferring their uh, Brighton defenders into Swansea defenders. Yeah, yeah. I, I brought in Fernandez last week. I, I think Swansea probably well, I don't know. Brighton have been like decent at the MX. Um I guess I could see this. I don't know. It feels like a nil-nil or a one-one to me. Like I, I don't really see yeah. the team having much of an edge. I mean, Swansea have played a lot better of late, and I wouldn't be surprised if they won. Uh, but you know, I feel like Brighton is like really like their strategy right now is to kind of just you know win the home fixtures and not concede too many goals in the away fixtures. I mean, what's insane is Swansea have another draw in the FA Cup. They have yet another match that they probably don't want to be playing. Right. I mean, go for that FA Cup gold. Swansea. I'm, I'm all about it. Right. But um, they've got a lot on their shoulders uh, at, at the moment, like trying to survive the Premier League, had, playing this FA Cup replay. Yeah. And they're on the road this weekend. Uh, yeah. I, it's interesting. Brighton Swansea is kind of in that same like, Burnley, Southampton and West Brom, Huddersfield. Like all, I feel like all three of those fixtures are in Game Week 28 are all fixtures that like c- could go either way, like really hard to predict, like. If you have your defenders, you've got a feel to them in those games, but you're not really, like, that excited about it because you could see them conceding goals. It's just like, I don't know. It's like, I feel like it's going to be like a bunch of two ones, you know, and it could, like, go one way or the other or, or, you know, one ones, stuff like that. I I don't know. I don't see, like, a ton of clean sheets this weekend. Um, So, yeah, I I guess the the one fixture that really is appealing on Saturday is Liverpool-West Ham. I guess Watford-Everton is kind of interesting, too. I mean, you brought in... um, um, Theo Walcott last week. I mean, how sure. are you? How are you feeling about Walcott right now? I feel good about Walcott. He, did, he didn't get any points in twenty seven, but he looked very positive. A lot of the ball was moving through him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was working rather hard to in that game. He was coming back a little deeper to get the ball. Yep. And a lot of these chances were falling to our our good friend Omar Nias. Yeah. But I I like this fixture for Theo because I think. Allardyce is going to lean on Theo. He'll, I mean, he'll obviously definitely play. And Watford's defense is terrible. So the, this is yet another fixture why everyone jumped on Theo Walcott yep. uh, when they did. And Cuckoo assists King Martina. Uh, I expect him to do well in this match. Uh, I think, 
So Leighton Baines is has not joined the team yet in training. He's he's training by himself still, and he's hoping to rejoin the team soon. So mm-hmm. uh, Martina is going to have to go at some point. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm not, not I'm, I'm still holding on for now. But if you had an Everton defender, would you play them in this Watford game? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what the the interesting thing about Watford all season has been their attack. So. There, there is a good likelihood that Watford will score against Everton. Um, oh, so you, so you would not play them? You'd, you'd... Well, okay, so I'm, I'm like kind of undermining my point, but it is still Watford. Watford is not a great team. Yeah, that's true. So it's, you did directly I mean, undermine def- your point, though, in a way that, 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 give, that gives me pause. I'm trying to I'm trying to generate a really fruitful conversation here on the podcast, <laughs> a, 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 a conversation among one person. But um, I mean, let me put it this way. Who else are you going to play? We there have been no clean sheets to have. We have so many questions coming up about like, what do we do with Alonzo and Otamendi and and all, and all the guys like this? Yeah. What? This this will be a great this will be a great fixture even if you don't come away with a clean sheet I don't see what better options you have because I've got the assist king um, yeah I mean I guess Burnley <laughs> Burnley I, I would expect to keep a clean sheet at home to Southampton uh, Liverpool West Ham I you know I, I don't know why I can't trust Liverpool's defense I mean I I know that I will ultimately end up bringing in one of their defenders and I, I may even do it this week I mean I think all of us are kind of Wary of Alonso. I mean, I, we'll see if he starts in the Champions League. It sounds like he's going to. Um, if he does, you'd think he'd play in the Man United Spurs game, but um, or in the Man United Chelsea game. But do you even want him for that game? I don't even know anymore. Like it's, I I cannot believe how comprehensively I broke Alonso. It's really like he was doing so <laughs> yeah. well. No, you, you totally did. So we have a few questions to that fact. Adam P on our Slack channel uh, available just to our Patreon subscribers says. I think we could do with a discussion about premium defenders. Everyone seems to be ditching Chelsea assets, Alonso among them, and Manchester United. We can lump them in if we're talking about their fixture against Chelsea on Sunday. And then Jeff Petter jumped in on the Slack channel saying, yeah, I'm with Adam. Is the investment at the back now over? Jones is still fairly cheap, but is now the time to shift Otamendi and Alonso to get money into your midfield or attack? Uh, probably. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Chelsea, I mean, Austin, Chelsea are about to play Man United and Man City back-to-back fixtures, and they have a blank in game week 31. Um, I mean, they do play Crystal Palace at home in game week 30, but, you know, game week 32, they play Spurs. So, I mean, you know, basically you don't have a, you have one good fixture in five, right, for them. Um, mm-hmm. so it's, it doesn't augur well for holding on to a 7.3 million player who, um, I mean, you know, he, he's always capable of scoring goals, but I, I don't see a lot of clean sheets in these matches. I mean, they they haven't been keeping a lot of clean sheets anyway. Um, yeah. you know, so I think, um, yeah, Alonso's yeah. really only, uh, been his claim to fame has been goals this season. Right. I mean, last season it was clean sheets plus goals. Yeah. Uh, Peter Leski had the question about uh, Vertonghen or Toby. Um, I know Toby did play in the FA Cup match. Are you? Do you I, don't, I don't. I feel a little nervous about bringing Toby back. Right. I feel like he's going to be managed a little carefully. I feel like Jan Vertonghen is the one player you can kind of trust in that squad. And uh, you know, Danny Rose is back now too. So um, I, Ben Davis is. I'm a little wary of bringing him in as well. I mean, it feels like Vertonghen is like the one person you can trust in that defense. 
Yeah, Pochettino has never been shy about rotating any of these guys. And yeah, the long-term injury for Toby is um, it's worrying. The price difference here, I think, is what people would flag. Vertonghen is at 6.0 and Toby is at 5.8. Right. Are you really at the point where you need... I mean, I can I understand that point one is sometimes worth everything to a team at this point in the season, but I wouldn't be willing to risk point two to bring in a guy who hasn't even played in the league since uh, really early in this season. Yeah. Well, since game week 10. Uh, I would rather go with Vertonghen here. Yeah, I, I I would too. I also don't feel like I have a ton of. And it's not like you know, it, 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 it's not like you don't get any attacking threat with Vertonghen. He does. He's got a marauding sort of nature. He's not as threatening <laughs> on corner kicks as Toby is. He's, but I don't think he's become more attacking this year than he was the last couple of seasons. I'd say. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, I would definitely pay the extra point two for for Vertonghen just just to be safe. And you know, I mean, Toby Toby's goal threat is a little overrated anyway. I mean, you know, his first year in the league in 15-16, he was awesome. He had four goals and three assists. But, you know, last year he only had one goal um, and uh, had, you know, didn't score, had no goals or assists in the, uh, you know, the first, uh, I guess, 10 fixtures that he played this season before he got injured. So, um, yeah, I would definitely opt for the the stability of Vertonghen. And, um, and the, the, you know, the fixtures are so good for Spurs. I mean, I guess, you know, yeah, they don't play in game week 31, but they play Palace, Huddersfield, and Bournemouth in their next three. And... There's a reasonable chance they keep a clean sheet in, what, two of those three? Possibly all three? Yeah. Uh, last defensive question before we get to talking about strikers here for Game Week 28. FP Owlbear, FPL Owlbear asks, who to replace Dunker Duffy with after this Game Week? So I'm in the same boat as Mr. Owlbear here in that I've had Shane Duffy for an extended period of time yeah. with, with no joy whatsoever. And this home fixture to Swansea has got to be his swan song. What do I do with him after? And I think your man Cuckoo Martina at 4.3 is a great way to go. No blank for him yeah. in 31 or 35. I'd be a little nervous about Martina, though. Just with Leighton Baines eventually coming back, you might have to... That might end up being a wasted transfer. Um, what about Zanka? What do you think about him? He's... Uh, Four, well, just he's four point five million, yeah. uh, and Huddersfield. So they have they play Spurs away in game week twenty nine. So you couldn't play him in that. But then it's Swansea and Palace at home, including a fixture in game week thirty one. Uh, Newcastle, Brighton, and Watford, and the three after that. So um, those are not bad fixtures. Uh, Swansea and, and Palace in particular. Um, they have kept some clean sheets at home this season. Um, I mean, it's hard to recommend a Huddersfield defender because that team is really kind of on the way down but you know you need players for game week 31 and i don't know I, I think that might be worth a shot at least i mean you know just just to kind of you know he's, he has two assists on the season and maybe you look for someone with like yeah. a little bit of a, a goal or assist threat yeah well i took a punt on Hagazi a couple weeks ago sure. and it's i mean it's still been a steady decline for west brom since then and i kind of thought west brom was going to pull it together yeah here heading into the home stretch. So I'm a little shakier on my faith in West Brom's clean sheets. But that said, the only goals that West Brom tend to score are from their defenders sure. on set pieces. So I think that's another place. Yeah, to I think that's a, it's a great recommendation. And again, they have a fixture in game week 31 too. So um, I think that makes sense. Uh, any, yeah, any other cheap defenders? I mean, what do you think about Robertson on Liverpool? I mean, is he, is he a player you're yeah. thinking about at all? Maybe. I mean, speaking of more guys coming back from injury and joining uh, first-team practice, 
Um, Klein is back. Moreno for, I mean, we can talk about the, you know, they're, they're playing on different sides of the pitch, but Moreno is back for Liverpool. There will be a rotation and Klopp just burns all managers always <laughs> at this point in the season with his rotation. And that's why I'm leaning heavily toward uh, Alonso to Virgil van Dijk this game week. Yeah. Because he does feel like the steadiest player in that back line. Apart from now, it looks like they're they're totally sold on Karius as their number one in, in goal. But I am feeling like I want to spend the extra cash just for that security. Because that is something I don't want to have to worry about. So Yeah, I think... Uh, I, I'm DVD over Robertson. Yeah, I think that's just the safest pick. Um, I think the... Alonzo to Virgil van Dijk makes makes the most sense. He doesn't have a lot of tread on his tires this season. You know, he just hasn't played a ton of matches in general. So uh, even even with Champions League fixtures, I think that he's just not a player who's going to need a ton of rest. Um, and he, obviously, he's a center back, too, so he's just not quite as prone to rotation. Um, yeah, I mean, the other center backs on Liverpool, just, you know, Matip, Lovren. I mean, you look at their starts over the last, you know, 20 weeks or so, it's, it's all over the place. You know, they... They're, they're just not consistent starter. I mean, Ragnar Klavan's the same way. So, um, yeah, I think that Van Dyke is probably the one the one safe option there. Um, I wouldn't – yeah, Robertson is the only fullback I would even consider punting on. I mean, he started, you know, the last yeah. five fixtures for them. Um, he's played really well, too, which I think uh, helps recommend him. Um, they also paid a fair amount of money for him in the offseason. So I think, you know, the goal was always to make him a regular starter in that team. So um, it's not like he's this kind of squad player who's – who's impressed, you know, like he was a player they were hoping would, would turn into this kind of like Loris Carius actually. Um, so, um, yeah, yeah. So I think Robertson is pretty safe, but yeah, not as safe as, as Van Dyke is. Okay. So Saturday, that's pretty much Saturday taken care of. Save the fact that our, our biggest captaincy option, Mr. Muhammad Salah mm-hmm. is right here hosting West Ham yep. midday. Yep. Bus team, I've got the armband on Mo. Uh, I think that's locked in for me at this point. Yeah, I, I do too. Um, I mean, it brings us to Sunday because it, it is really tempting to Captain Kane um, in that Spurs game. Or, I mean, I mean, in the Spurs game, in the uh, Spurs Palace game. <laughs> uh, sure. I just, I mean, don't you feel like he's going to destroy Palace in that game? Like he's going to, he's going to pick up a brace, right? Palace do. They're they're a funny team in that way, or they're they're very fragile. Like on their day, they can sort of stand up to the elements right and hold their own but if something goes haywire then it's a complete breakdown so yeah i, I could see that happening um you just look okay, at their so like I, there's I, just I, all the all the oh sorry just but just if you look at the yeah. palace team it's like there's so many flags you know it's yeah. like sako is, is is nursing a knock schlup is out dan is out uh kelly has a knock so it's just like it's just this like mash unit of defenders and I mean, I, I know they had that heroic uh, Man City match, uh, you know, during the holidays. But in general, I don't have a ton of faith that they're going to keep clean sheets in any 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 match. Yeah, well, given all the injuries and the the biggest attacking threat, Will Zaha being out, you would guess that um, that Roy goes very defensive in this game and. I mean, not for what for whatever that's worth, goes right. very defensive with the second string lineup of Palace players. That probably doesn't mean that Kane isn't going to score five goals here, but uh, <laughs> right. that's that's a, that's a counter argument. Where I'm at though is more um, just in the ebb and flow of the season. I've been trying to hit the avant-garde Kane captaincy. Right. I uh, captain him last week when. Aguero went off. I captained him the week before when 
Uh, he failed to outscore Mo Salah, and I just haven't been able to get the Kane captaincy right. So now yeah. I'm heading into a uh, game week in which I'm ready to make the conservative pick, and yeah. you're looking to make the non-conservative pick. So, well, well I, I will be honest. I my captain armband, my, my bus team also has uh, Mo Salah with the captain band right now. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just, I, you know, maybe I'm just being devil's advocate or whatever, but I, I do think that. Um, there is an, an equally good chance that that I mean I, I bet if you look at the the gamblers goal scoring odds for for yeah. uh, this fixed for for the game week I'm sure that he's the one who's most likely to score. Um, but I mean part of it is that you know just with Salah he's just linking up so well with Firmino right now that you know the absolute worst case scenario with him is that he gets two assists or something right and he's on yep. you know nine points for the game week so uh, even even his bad matches he racks up a ton of points. Um, and with Kane, yeah. we've certainly seen him disappear um, a lot over the season. So, um, yeah, I think the concern. Yeah, I think that there is like if you if you're trying to make up ground, um, I think that because Kane is is an almost equally or maybe he is equally good captain option. I would probably go for him just for a slight, um, just to be a little different. Um, you know, when you might have a little bit of an edge there, it could come back to haunt you um, if Salah yeah. goes off. But I'm assuming you already have Salah on your team anyway, so it's a. You know, it could be the kind of risk that you pick up ten points. You know, if everything goes, um, if everything goes well for Kane and not, not so well for for Salah. Maybe the huge Maverick pick is Raheem Sterling, who he's getting a rest yeah. in the FA Cup match, and they are at the Emirates way to Arsenal. But everyone loves talking about how crap Arsenal's defense is these days, and you could see City just tearing them apart in this game. Yeah, it's just a weird I mean, the, one, because the, they play yeah. they play twice against, you know, they play each other twice in four days. Um, yeah. So, well, yeah, I mean, I guess we can skip ahead to that real, real quick. We'll, we'll, we'll touch on Man United and Chelsea in a second. But, so, yeah, so City rest Otamendi and, um, and Sterling today. Aguero was not rested, uh, and Jesus is back in the squad, so... Um, do you think that Aguero plays both matches? Do you think that he plays the um, the League Cup final and then he plays in the um, away to Arsenal on Thursday? I really don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean Pep Pep is fond of talking about how many minutes Aguero is playing in his press conferences, mm-hmm. but we've seen it season in season out. Aguero is fit, and when he's on form, he gets played. He and it's never really an issue for him until yeah. he gets on his run of injuries. Um, if if they were going to favor Aguero, you'd think that he gets rested in the league because winning the winning the League Cup um, is the first in a long list of trophies that City has set set out to win this season, and I think they'll heavily favor that match. Not to the point where I think they don't field a full strength team against Arsenal in the league. Yeah, I yeah, I agree. Um, they probably. But if Jesus, to the point being, I guess if Jesus is healthy, then why that this seems like a perfect match to play him in against Arsenal in in the Premier League. I just don't know that anybody really knows how healthy he is yet. I mean, uh, you know, he is he's he's back and in training. But then, you know, he has these quotes where he says, I've never had a knee injury like this before. And I feel I need to be really careful about how, you know, so it's not like he's an automatic starter. I mean, I, you know, I, I could totally see him, you know, starting off as a sub in the next couple of matches just to kind of yeah. get himself. Well, I mean, he, he didn't in. make the, he didn't make the squad against Wigan here. Right. I mean, he is, he is training with them, but right. so it, it's true. We don't, we don't fully know where he's at. He, he has played in a, he started in a lot of away matches for Man City this, this season. Um, he was kind of, I think he started every, when he was healthy, I think he started every single 
away matches that they played, and Aguero was rested in some of those away matches. So it could be that the first time he starts is is a way to um, is a way to Arsenal. I mean, you know, for me, I have Kane and I have Aguero, and you know, at some point, I am going to make the move from Aguero to Firmino. Um, I could do that right now. I could just. You know, it'd be a very aggressive move just to, just to make that move right now. Um, part of the appeal of doing that is it's going to free up about two two million and change. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's uh, it's tricky. I, I'm not sure that I really feel the need to like get rid of Aguero right away. And I could even if Aguero came off the bench in uh, in game week 28 away to Arsenal, I, I still think he could score in that match. Uh, so um, it's hard for me to believe that he'd be fully 100 percent rested in an away fixture yeah. Arsenal. Yeah. Uh, looking at Arsenal, we have a question from Stephen Toomey, who says, would you consider bringing Aubameyang in ahead of the blank week uh, 31? Gunners are playing Brighton and Watford uh, after this City matchup. So, yeah, sounds like you're bypassing Aubameyang for Firmino um, because it just strategically plays nicely into 31. But well, I mean, I, mean, I haven't I, I haven't I, been terribly yeah. impressed with. Well, it's a, a small sample size. I was going to uh, say the same we, thing. I, I mean, don't know what to do with him yeah, yet. Yeah, I mean, I, everyone knows that he's awesome, but he's he scored one goal in two matches. I mean, he's really expensive. Uh, Arsenal kind of stink. You know, <laughs> like it's hard to it's hard to get like super excited about him. You know, and they play Man City yeah. in game week twenty eight, so I, I don't want him for that one. So uh, you know, maybe a week from now, I'm, I'm more. I mean, you know, I, I, if Aubameyang just went off in game week twenty eight. Um, then yeah, I mean, go for him, especially because, um, I mean, long term, I think he's a great option. I mean, looking at game week 32 through 35, they play uh, three to four matches at home, and that's against Stoke, Southampton, and West Ham. So um, yeah. I could see really wanting an Arsenal attacker for those matches. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, with with a with a City match and then a blank in game week 31, um, I just don't realistically see myself bringing right. him in until right. game week yeah. 32. I, I totally agree there. Uh, do we want to talk about this Manchester United Chelsea game real quick? Sure. I mean, what, yeah. Are, what are the real talking points here? Well, I, so I guess there's some injuries right now uh, on the on the Man United team. So I guess that's kind of that's something that's up in the air right now. Like it looks like Phil Jones might be injured again. Yeah. Have you heard this? Is this is this? Uh, I, I haven't. I mean, I yeah, I'm not shocked at all that <laughs> Phil Jones is injured. But Bailly's back, so yeah. that's like an FPL non-starter. Like yeah. a guy who's always injured is injured, but a guy who hasn't really played all season is back. Uh, I I feel like that's not a move you want to be making. Yeah, right um, I guess Pogba looks like he's going to be okay. It looks like Rashford, Herrera, Valencia are okay, uh, but Marcus Rojo, Phil Jones, Fellaini, and Zlatan—they're um, all going to miss the Champions League game at midweek. So um, I don't know what that means for for this this upcoming weekend, but. Uh, I don't know. I well, mean, I guess it means it, yeah. United have been kind of leaky as it is. So maybe it's a good fixture if you have Hazard. Yeah. So if you have Hazard, you're looking at two terrible away fixtures, Old Trafford and then the Etihad in game week 29, plus the blank in 31. Um, I think I think what you're talking about there with the defenders means it's safe to hang on to Hazard for at least one more week. Yeah, I, I oh definitely Hazard um, and possibly even Marcus Alonso. Um, I, I don't, it doesn't feel urgent to me to get rid of Alonso. I mean, I don't want him for game week 29. I don't know. I mean, the, I guess like if, if like fixing your weakest link is really what you want to be focusing on, 
Um, I yeah. think that that makes sense. I actually think if I were to make a defensive move, though, I probably wouldn't bring in a Liverpool defender. I would I would look at bringing in a Tottenham defender um, and just, I don't know, and then just focus on those three fixtures. I think that I'm okay with only having eight players for game week 31. And so mm-hmm. with four transfers to go, um, I, I don't mind burning one on uh, – on picking up some points in the next three weeks. I mean, I don't think we should just totally dismiss the next three weeks just because, you know, I mean, especially because some of the players that people are talking about bringing in um, are just not players that you can really trust anyway. You know, I mean, you know, like, why? Like, I mean, you know, any of the defenders that Shakiri, you're looking at. non-trustworthy? Yeah, I mean, even Liverpool, the Liverpool defenders, right? I mean, Watford could totally nick a goal in game week 31, right? Like, just, you know, one yeah. of their, like, collection of players you've never heard of before, uh, yeah. you know, on a counterattack or something. I am uh, the Alonzo move this week, I think, for some managers, including myself, is a team value play. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to stomach the point one decrease recently when he dropped down to 7.2 because I bought him at 7.0. Um, but for a guy who I'm looking to get rid of in sometime in the near term, if I can make a little bit of money on him, then I'm going to choose to do that. So that that's my thinking. Okay. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. So uh, I know you're not much of a banking enthusiast, Josh, but um, well, I mean, you know, I mean, playing the early wild card has been great for uh, for my team value. Um, I mean, I was able to bring in a ton of players who have risen, risen value since then. I mean, even someone like Aguero, who wasn't in my squad before. Um, so, I mean, it is useful. Like, I, I do understand the value of it, especially when you're um, you know, when you're trying to make the, you know, like that, that point 0.5 can make a big difference when you're trying to bring in someone like Shakiri and you've got, you know, whoever, Ruben Loftus-Cheek and, and your fifth, you know, defender or midfield spot, you're trying to like uh, make that upgrade. All right, Brandon. So before we move on from game week 28, any, any predictions on Man United Chelsea? Who do you, who do you think wins this match? Uh, I think Chelsea wins in a exciting close 2-1 matchup. Okay. All right. Uh the road win for, for I think it is a a dull dreadful nil-nil matchup. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's anyone's guess. <laughs> sure. And Alexis prediction Alexis blows like three chances. <laughs> yeah, I mean you, we are waiting for that Alexis breakout game, but uh, it seems seems like it's still a ways off yet. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right, we have like a zillion questions from our listeners about how to prepare for game week 31 now that we have uh, all all the blanks more or less locked in, save Spurs. So, Josh, what do you say we take a quick break, come back and do a mega lightning round just focusing on game week 31? Excellent. Let's do it. Same old podcast, always cheating. Josh, a quick word on our favorite daily fantasy app starting 11. Big news, if you go to starting11.io, starting11.io, there is a a cheeky little announcement there that they're looking to have cash games in select markets launching via their app on February 24th. So stay tuned at starting11.io for more information or give the app a follow on Twitter at starting11app. Uh, as they roll out this really cool cash game, which we're excited to talk more about. I, I love cash and I love games, Brandon. So I am I am excited. I'm excited about both. It's built just for you. It is. It, it really yeah. is. It's, it's yeah. designed for someone like me who likes a likes a little gambling, a little bit of competitiveness. Um, yeah, it's I, I need to I need to get that poker fix, Brandon. That's really what this podcast and and starting eleven is about. Uh, feeding yeah, feeding so my, a, my addiction. 
totally, totally. <laughs> so exciting things afoot. We're in touch with Starting Eleven now to get more information. And, and as I said, uh, Starting Eleven will be feeding it out themselves. If you haven't already, you can download the app for your iPhone or your Android in preparation for this coming uh, match flights. Anytime there are at least two Premier League fixtures happening in a day, you can play the Starting Eleven ga- game. There are no budgets, so you can have any players that you want. Uh, from any teams playing that day. The cool thing is, is you can make adjustments to your lineups up to the kickoff. So you can even wait. It's it's so novel, Josh. You you don't get locked in before the team sheets are no, announced. You can make necessary well, you, changes to your squad. And you can make subs during the matches themselves, too, of course. You have, th- you have three subs that you can make. It's as if you are the manager. It's like your Pep Guardiola there on, on the uh, sideline. Exactly. It's like your own your own free hit ship each 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 Saturday. Right, Brandon? Uh, yes, it, it is. Every Every day, even. Every every match flight, so yeah, we're we're still taking your challenges via a direct message. We you can play Josh or myself on the app, and we're looking for fun ways to help Starting Eleven celebrate the the launch of the new cash game. So stay tuned to Always Cheating for more details about. Uh, how we're celebrating. That's right. And uh, as Brennan just said, we'll be playing, uh, both of us will be playing this weekend. Uh, so feel free to email us or direct message us on, on Facebook or Twitter, um, or even just go to our website and leave a message and uh, and challenge us. And we will uh, we'll do the rest. We'll, we'll send you the challenge. We'll get it all set up for you. It's uh, All you have to do is download the app. It's on iOS or Android. Uh, and we will take care of all the rest of the details. Sweet. Same old podcast, always Brandon, we're back. It's the Game Week 31 Mega Lightning Round. Uh, as always, these are uh, questions that we're going to be answering in 30 seconds or less. Um, and in this case, it's uh, it's all focused on that Game Week 31, which uh, perhaps you've heard about it because we've talked about it in uh, most of this week's podcast and uh, probably most <laughs> of the next couple as well. Um, so, uh, and eventually we'll, we'll actually have double Game Week announcements too, which will be even more exciting um, because then then the planning really begins. So, uh, Jeremiah. Yeah, we get to take, talk about players who will actually score points. Right, exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, of the eight games, like the only one that I'm really excited about is, is Liverpool's fixtures, right? Maybe Callum Wilson will, 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 will come through. Uh, right, of the eight teams. Of, of the eight teams, excuse me, right? Four fixtures, eight teams. Yeah. Uh, Jeremiah sure. Johnson on Slack said uh, With not so exciting fixtures for game week 31, it doesn't look necessary to try and field 11 players. Uh, how many do you feel is a good target to have playing for 31? Uh, and he says eight, maybe? Yeah, eight is the number for me. Right now I'm sitting on four players for Game Week uh, 31. Walcott, Sala, Firmino, and Hagazi. So that leaves me four free transfers between now and then, which gets me eight. Maybe I burn minus four to field nine, but the odds are I will I'll be loaded up on... Liverpool by the time we get to 31 and I'll be burning four on who that's really the question so I'm not going to burn forward now but maybe if someone is in scorching hot form heading into game week 31 then I burn four but uh, like looking to burn four just to field a Watford defender that week that's exactly you know maybe maybe you say it's a minus two versus a minus four because you're not going to field anyone it's exactly exactly right because as, as we talked about earlier on the podcast for most of us, there are, there are three players that we're just not going to transfer out, right? Harry Kane, Raheem Sterling, and Mo Salah. Those, those three players are also three of the most expensive players in your squad, right? So it's not like you have this like remaining money that you can just spend on 
on the absolute best players on each team. I mean, you know, granted, the only team that's really that really has expensive players is Liverpool, but you know, you're not loading up on on top high scoring players. You'll be loading up on just anybody you can get to fill out your squad. So yeah, you don't want to burn four points on a Huddersfield defender or or, or you know, or even yeah. four on on a Crystal Palace midfielder or something. You know, I mean, they're just not. The odds are you're not going to recoup that cost. Um, you know, it's not like it's a double game week where just having having a player is enough because you're you're going to get at least four points usually. Um, you know, there's a good chance you're just going to lose points if you burn if you burn um, four. So, um, yeah, I think that um, I think that yeah, eight seems seems like plenty. Um, you know, and again, even if you're you know even if you're like worst case scenario in it, right? Which is like, okay, a lot of top managers are going to play their free hit chip in this game week. They're going to have, you know, a perfect 11. But if you get like pretty close to a perfect eight, you're just not going to lose that many points from the other 11 players that they're going to have. You know, maybe it costs you six points or something. Um, And so it's just just not worth it. And we can argue about how it all plays out with then the wild card and, and with the doubles and then the blanks in 35. But regardless of how it works out to have still have your free hit coming out of 31 the amount of freedom that you then can exercise when playing your wild card or when you play your wild yeah, card exactly um i think we, we haven't fully wrapped our heads around it but i do think that that's going to be valuable in and of itself oh i i totally agree i mean for for me you know having played my wild card already this free hit chip is basically a wild card that i that i want to be able to use you know and it may be really valuable for me to have that for a double game week, right? And just yeah, and load up right. on all these double game week players in a way that I just won't be able to do um, because I can't play my wild card again, um, obviously. Sure. Uh, speaking of the the free hit, we have a question from Siddhant Bhatia who asks, what should the blank game week strategy be for managers who who don't have their free hit? So I think this takes us back to the discussion of there are four free transfer windows up till game week 31, um, are we reserving every free transfer for a game week 31 player? Right. I mean, we touched upon this when talking about Mares, and I, I feel like there we agreed there's some slight amount of wiggle room there. Um, Neil Parker has a good question. He says, uh, which players have a fixture in game week 30, 31 which would classify as buyers beware? Uh, for example, Nias and Chupa Moting could both feasibly lose their place in the team by game week 31. So who who is maybe... Um, you know, an option that players will, that people will be looking at who who you're a little nervous about bringing in. Uh, yeah, I mean, Shakiri is in great form right yeah. now, but and they have a home fixture against Everton. But um, he's a very streaky player. You can't really rely upon him. Stoke are not that great, and Allardyce is going to sit up defensively away from home. I feel like he'll be he is shaping up to be a scapegoat. For game week thirty one, yeah, and I think Niasse and Chubmodin are both are both. Is it Nias or Niasse? I'm not sure here. I think I've uh, Nias is my understanding. Okay, so what do I know? Yeah, I mean Nias is an interesting option. Um, yeah, he's he's I, he's one he's one I worried about too. I mean, now that you can bring in Callum Wilson, it just seems like that's a or maybe even Josh King if you want to be a little bit different. Um, although King hasn't really been a starter the last uh, the last few games. Is is a bandwagon going to mount in favor of Christian Benteke heading into game week 31? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, he's a little expensive is the problem. It's kind of a weird uh-huh. – you'd have to bring him He'll in be, as a second as He's a, second a free forward. hit player. Yeah, he's a free – he is, totally. Yeah, I, I actually – I would bring him in on a free hit chip for sure. 
right? Yeah. I mean, away to Huddersfield, it's it's worth yep. it's worth the risk. Um, I think that uh, Bournemouth defenders are are options that a lot of people are going to bring in that I am pretty wary of. Um, I just don't have any faith in Bournemouth um, Bournemouth's defense. I mean, having Shirley Daniels for just this this horrible run of of no clean sheets, and I think his attacking threat is a little overstated too. I mean, he I know he takes the occasional free kick and. It's like he scored that one that one goal he scored against City was so good that uh-huh. it's like we think that he's this kind of attack. I mean, he used to be on it's like all all of the stuff that he did is in the past. Like he's not <laughs> he's just not actively doing anything these days um that no. make him viable as an attacking option. I mean, I guess a Begovic might be a, a, an okay option, I guess, but I, I wouldn't really I, no one in the Bournemouth defense I expect to have in my squad in game week 31. Another problem with Charlie Daniels is he's Premier League player most looks who looks most like a librarian to me. So. <laughs> he does. Yeah, he's got like like he's like in the special collections section or something, right? <laughs> yeah. All right, so players to avoid, we'll move on to players perhaps to who you might not have considered that you should differentials. Right. A little Jason on Twitter asks, everyone is eyeing up Firmino, Virgil van Dijk, etc. for 31, but we can only make four frees between now and then. Who are the best differentials from Stoke? West Brom, Watford, Everton, Huddersfield, Palace, and Bournemouth. Okay. So are, did, are any of the players that we just slagged off going to become differentials? Well, yeah. I mean, no, well, possibly. I mean, I guess the, <laughs> the, the slagging off is what makes them a differential, right? Because they're sort of – Yeah. Uh, people, don't, people aren't excited about having They're them. not popular. I think uh, you could look at it as a differential. I think another way to look at it is if you're going to bring them in early, who has decent fixtures in the lead-up to Game Week 31? Yeah. Good point. So I think Everton's fixtures are, are pretty solid. I mean, it makes Theo Walcott, I think, more attractive. Uh, Watford, Burnley, Brighton, and Stoke um, are the yeah. game week 28 to 31 fixtures. I think that you could – I think an Everton defender is is worth a shot. I, I guess I'm a little worried about this game week 28 fixture. Um, but, you know, I think Pickford is an interesting – like we were talking about um, De Gea earlier. I mean – you know, Pickford is not a bad option for um, if you, if, you, if you're okay with getting rid of De Gea, then he might not be a terrible mm-hmm. terrible pick there. Um, as far as differentials go, I mean, is there anyone on Liverpool that you considered it a differential, like Emery Chan? Sure, Emery Emery yeah. Chan. Yeah, uh, he's very very uh, cost efficient. Emery yeah. Chan, and he's shown attacking prowess. I mean, he has his good games and his bad games, but that is yeah. definitely a player on a team that is likely to score a number of goals in 31 that you could consider. Yeah, I think you, you mentioned Hagazi earlier. I think that he's yeah. he's a cheap player, easy to bring in, um, and their fixtures both before and after game week 31 are pretty solid. So even if you even if, even if game week 31 doesn't work out for you with him. You're you're okay because then they play Burnley and Swansea in the two fixtures to follow, and it, both at home. So you'd think there'd be a reasonable chance of a clean sheet in, in at least one of those two matches. Stanislas from Bournemouth. I mean, he he's sure. got a goal in him. I Jordan, like him as a differential. Jordan Ibe. Um, that's an easy move. Jordan from Ibe. Lots yes, of, of course. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, he's only four point eight. We million. haven't talked a, uh, much about him on this podcast, but he's he's definitely coming into form. He's coming into form. He's he's actually he's been. He's coming to form. I think he's been a little disappointing the last. Let's see here. So he's actually he's up to four point nine now. So he had a nice little run. He only played fifty seven minutes in game week twenty seven, um, but he you know he had two assists. He actually had three assists and a goal in um, three of the last five games. He started almost every game um, through the last starting in game week eighteen. So um, I think I mean there's a decent chance that I is in my team um, in game week thirty one. Yeah, it's just so easy to bring him in. 
I think I would say that Callum Wilson is uh, is like a 100% lock for your game week 31 team. I mean, yep. gen- generally. Yep. And I think the differential there is can you hit on a Bournemouth midfielder on top of Callum Wilson? Yeah. I am looking at uh, – so my team right now, I've got my, – my, so my midfield – so I, I've, got, I've got Wilson already. Um, I plan to move Aguero to Firmino, um, and then I want to take the money that I'll get from that move – to upgrade Mkhitaryan to Mane and Ward-Prowse to Shakiri, um, mm-hmm. And then I'll probably move Alonzo into either Van Dyke. Um, although if I do Van Dyke, obviously I can't have, I can't have Mane. Um, so I might do, I, I, I could do Theo Walcott instead. Um, I don't know. It's kind of true. Over the next couple of days, I'm going to think this through. I, Walcott is like, a, I'm a little worried about Walcott. I don't know. I'm just, I'm a little wary of, of Walcott. It feels like, I don't know. He kind of came hot out of the gates, and now I'm just I'm wondering if like if it's I don't know if he's still gonna like if those if that brace was like a little <laughs> bit of like a false flag, you know? Like sounds like know. you're trying to talk yourself into or out of something right now, Josh. I know. It's I'm trying to talk myself into Sadio Mane is what it is. But yeah, it, it's yeah, so lo- sure. I mean, yeah, but it's just so logical to bring in Walcott instead. You know, I mean, it, it frees up two million. It's just an easier move. So the Mane we'll scoring a hat trick. Um, uh, during the the break here in there was it the Champions League fixture yeah it, it puts the cat amongst the pigeons is that the phrase um, sure because nobody nobody really considered Mane I mean he's been talked as a differential and within Liverpool but he just hasn't done anything and he's looked pretty bad in league play yeah but that hat trick suddenly gives credence to the the people you know, getting excited about him. Because he's kind of a form player, you know. So, um, yeah, I guess the, the only other I, – I wouldn't – Aaron Moy, maybe, for Huddersfield. Um, uh, sure. You know, he's uh, – well, actually, he's got the knee injury now, though. So we'll see if he's – apparently it was just a deep – it was a deep knee cut. So he he should be okay. I guess he's he's listening to us out right now. Just stuff some gauze in there, Moy. Yeah, Get over exactly. yourself. So let, let's hope that Moy <laughs> is back and healthy. If so, he's not a bad option. He's only five point three million, so uh, pretty easy to bring in. All right, we've already talked about Liverpool uh, plenty, but we had a few specific questions about them. Karen on Twitter says Liverpool defender or Sadio Mane. So this is the choice that you you're kind of grappling with right now, Josh. Yep. Considering everyone has Firmino and Salah now, who should be the third Liverpool player? Uh, and so we, we also threw Emery Chan into the mix there. So it, three attackers for you, Josh, or two attackers and one defender from Liverpool? I think that if you are making the move in game week 28, I would bring in, um, I would bring in Van Dyke because um, you're also going to get the West Ham and Newcastle home fixtures of game week 28 and 29. I think if you're doing it in the, up to like right before game week 31, um, I might look at Sadio Mane instead. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. All right. Peter Oleski on Twitter asks, do I get Firmino or Karius as my Liverpool triple up? Same question. But but here what's different is uh, how necessary is Firmino for 31? Is he like a must have? I think so. I mean, he's he's the second best player in in out of the eight, like like of, of all the FPL options that you have on both squads. Right. Of all eight, eight teams, he's the second best FPL player there is. He's also super highly owned. So if if anyone's going to do, I mean, like if if you don't have him and he does anything in game week 31, it's going to be a massive ranking hit. So you almost have to have him just for like defensive purposes, if nothing else. 
Yeah. All right, so larger Game Week 31 strategy. Jerry Gonzalez on Twitter wants to bring us back down to earth, Josh. Okay. He says, after preparing my team for a blank Game Week last year, the results were disastrous. Is it worth it to heavily, say, two to three tra- transfers uh, leading into the 31, change your team for this year's blank Game Week? So Jerry says, are we getting all worked up for nothing? Right. Um well, I, I just don't think that the players that I, I don't think you want to get rid of any of your top players. And so if all you're doing is bringing in, um, you know, a two or three defenders, a fourth and fifth midfielder, uh, maybe you bring in someone like Callum Wilson, who's not a bad player to have anyway. I, I just don't think that radically changes your team or, or cripples it. Right. I mean, I wouldn't yeah. triple up on Stoke players, you know, but if you have Shakiri, I mean, Shakiri yeah. a good player. Um, you know, that's not, it's not going to hurt you to have Shakiri for the next, even if it takes you a couple weeks to get rid of him. Yeah. I mean, what we've seen week on week is there are just these heavy hitting players, like right. we say their names again and again, like Kane and Salah and Sterling, who just do the business for us. And we just work on the edges around totally. them. Totally. And exactly what you're saying here, you're not, we are not... Just prepping for the blanks in this way, getting some peripheral players, it's not blowing up your squad by any stretch. It hasn't been so like I this in other, in other years. I mean, they, you know, this year it's 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 a rarity where you have these these three or four players who are just so consistent that you really just have to have them in your team, and and it's hard to get rid of them because you build up so much value in them too. You know, so um, you know, it's yeah, it's just, it's a different situation than we've had in the past. Um, so I, yeah, I do think, I do think it's, um, I think it's worth making transfers and I don't think it, that, I don't think the transfers you'd make would qualify as blowing up your team. Uh, Sandy on Twitter has perhaps my favorite question of this podcast. Mariapa, worthy of game week 31. I give you two seconds to answer this question, Josh. No. <laughs> All right. So Sandeep also wants to know when the best time is to use bench boost. And I'll say this, I'm very excited to podcast about, um, Triple captain and bench boost heading into the doubles. Yes. I'm not prepared to answer this question. I, I'm not either. Uh, let's talk about this uh, when the double game weeks come. I, I will say, just as a side note, I do hope that next year the FPL game changes things, that you've got to use one of your chips in the first half of the season or something like that. I mean, this this kind of like zone that all of us are in right now where we have all these chips and for most serious managers, it's like we can't even touch them until game week 34 or game week 35 it just uh, like it's not great you know it's not like it's not super creative or fun and i think like i think you should have to use one in the first half of the season or something like that you know and i don't know it just you know what i mean like doesn't it feel like we're all Mm -hmm. kind of like making the same decisions it'd be better if like oh well if i hadn't used my triple captain and game week 16 or whatever uh i would love to have it right now and just you know it feels like but we're all of us are kind of sitting on these chips most of us you know many people are sitting on their wild card still um and so it's almost like it feels like the first 30 weeks are like the prelude to like the real season you know so i mean they they did figure it out with the wild cards in that you had to play your first one i mean i understand the wild the second half wild card exists because of a real life event the winter transfer window right but I wholeheartedly agree. I love the way that we have to spread those wild cards out. Yeah. Let's do the same thing with these other big point-getting chips. I would argue it was better when you had to play the second wild card in January. Um, you know, I mean, yeah. it just kind of forced everyone to field a new team. Uh, for anyone who hasn't played the game for a long time, it used to be that the second you got a second wild card, but you had to use it during the month of January. 
Um, and then it sort of forced you to really think long term about your team and, you know, and you didn't, everyone didn't wait until game week 34 to use their wild card or whatever. And, and I feel like, you know, because everyone waits, and this is like, has nothing to do with any of these questions, but it's, you know, because everyone waits so long now. You've got the floor, Josh. Thank you, Brad. Because everyone waits so long now, going into game week 35, you look up and down at all these teams and everyone's got the same team. You know, it's like everyone's got like, yeah. you know, 10 of the same starting 11. Uh, everyone's got the same captain. Everyone's got the same bench. Everyone's got the same goalkeeper rotation. Like, it's not awesome. You know, I don't know. It just like it feels like it's a little there are there are ways to like there are like some some like rules you could lay down that would give the game a little more um, creativity, I think. Sure. Uh, this is a nice little coda to the lightning round. Just Gabriel on Twitter says game week 34 roster construction with game week 32 wildcard in mind. What do we think? Well, just Gabriel, that's a preview to what's coming <laughs> up next season on the always cheating FPL podcast. Stay tuned. That's right. Uh, oh, and also if you could define consciousness, that'd be great. Uh, what is? Can you define consciousness? Josh? Uh, I can't, but, uh, but Descartes could Brandon and, uh, Let's let's hold that over for the Patreon podcast. <laughs> and if you don't know who Descartes is, uh, sadly, we can pronounce philosophers' names correctly, but we cannot uh, pronounce football players' yeah, names. Yeah, Milivojevic will still uh, will haunt us forever. <laughs> All right, Brandon, thank you for uh, for talking to me, Brandon, uh, and thank you to everyone for listening. Hey, I love it. Thank you everyone for listening to the podcast. Uh, once again, our Patreon Ask Us Anything podcast will be out in. Uh, in the next day, within the next 48 hours. Uh, and if you want to become a Patreon uh, patron, go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Um, please subscribe, rate and review on iTunes, Stitcher and Google Play. Um, and we actually got three new reviews on iTunes. We really appreciate it. Um, and it helped me get over how bummed out I was that someone gave us a one star review. Um, you, you can <laughs> thumbs thumbs up to all. Yeah, you. Brennan, you're more <laughs> circumspect about this stuff. But I get I get really sad when we get a one star review. So I'm like, oh, come, why, why, why do that? You know, like just just don't listen. Yeah. You know, why give why give it the bad review? Just stop listening. I've accepted that the sun will explode at some point. So right. when it comes to iTunes reviews, I try not to get too bent out sure, of shape. Sure, sure. Uh, you can also follow the podcast on SoundCloud, uh, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, Twitter is twitter.com slash hailcheaters. Uh, Facebook is facebook.com slash alwayscheating. Um, and you can go to the website alwayscheating.com for everything you need. Did I get it all, Brandon? Yeah, you got it all, baby. All right. Game week 28. Let's get back into the into the FPL mix here. It's been too long. That's right. This is a very serious podcast, Brandon. I feel like this was like only podcast that we record in the afternoon. Can we get this serious? You know, I think I'm I think after work, I'm like a little loopy. But right now I'm like I'm focused. I'm thinking about game week 28, trying to make the right move. Well, and to finish off the podcast, I can tell you that Wigan Athletic in the 92nd minute are up one goal to nothing against Manchester City. Wow. Wow. Man, it's too bad. It's too bad Brighton won. Jeez. The quad the quadruple is going to be out. This is this is pretty massive. That is kind of crazy, actually. And Wigan did it to them in the FA Cup final. I know. History repeats itself. Crazy. Roberto Martinez is is uh, having a having a laugh right <laughs> yeah, now somewhere. Yeah. Uh, all right, Brandon. Well, good luck this weekend. And uh, yep. if you want to okay. play us in starting 11, just uh, reach out to us on any social media platform and we will uh, accept the challenge. Also, if you've seen Lord Sorloth anywhere, let us know. Oh, poor Sorloth. Oh, Sorloth for the for the for the game week 31. <laughs> How do we miss that? Oh, suddenly you want to throw him in as a differential. I know. I know. All right. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Hail cheaters. Hail Poku.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.